Welcome to the Pull Up A Chair podcast, where we aim to make men's mental health black and white, no grey areas. My name's Jack Williams, and today we'll be talking to Stephen Foxall. Stephen, hey, do you man. want to tell us about yourself a little bit before we start? Sure. Uh, my name's Stephen Foxall. I'm 28 years old, and uh, I'm a British national who lives in Norway. Um, I moved here about moved out here about two years ago with work, but enjoyed it so much that um that I'm still here. I've known Jack for maybe six years, maybe yeah, or something like that. Like that. And uh, we originally met through cars when he was uh, when he was running that um, and stayed friends stayed friends ever since. Indeed, we did. Indeed, we did. So, how did you find yourself living in Norway? So basically, I used to work for Porsche in England, which I liked quite a lot, but uh, wanted a bit of a change. So the only other company I thought I'd want to work for was Tesla. Tesla were a company that I've been closely following for a long time leading up to this. So it was a good opportunity to, to kind of go and work for them. So I, I applied at a position in Birmingham, uh, which went pretty well. But they ended up offering me a, a relocation position, actually. Um, which was a surprise to me because I thought they would they would uh, offer me something like Manchester or London or there's a very big centre in Heathrow or something. Um, but when she said that it would be in Norway, this was a, a little bit different, obviously. Um, I'd never been to Norway before, but it was always something that interested me. So I signed the contract in October, no, in August 2018, and then uh, drove out here with my van for the first time in October 2018. Yeah, so that's and something that I definitely wanted to touch on. So for yeah. those of you that don't know, Stephen, you bought a Mercedes Sprinter mm -hmm. from Scotland. From Scotland, yeah. Swapped my uh, my RS4. I had a B7 RS4 at the time, and then I, I swapped it to this big ugly van, yeah. which was a surprise to a lot of people, but it was a long time coming in my mind. And... You drove that van from Scotland back to the Midlands to start working on it and preparing it for your for your trip. Yeah, yeah, and Norway was somewhere I, I was kind of aiming to go with the van. Right. Uh, so when the opportunity came to move there, this was a uh, it was almost like too good to be true. You know that I would have been a fool to have uh, to have passed it up. Yeah. So after I accepted the job offer, I filled my van full of stuff and uh, and took the two day trip to drive it all out here. And what what's what was the trip? Tell me, tell me the actual route that you took. Um, there used to be a ferry that went from somewhere on the east coast of England uh, that went across to Norway, which would have been super useful. But they haven't run that ferry for quite a long time. So I drove south towards you and then into In France and yeah. headed east. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Took the, took the ferry over to France um, and then headed east basically to Germany and then up through Denmark. And everybody says about it being a really nice drive, but it's not. It's a... A terribly boring drive with very flat, boring motorways. Nice, no, um, no scenery. Two no scenery, really, and uh, just lots of French highway and uh, Danish highway, which isn't very interesting, really. All the good stuff's in, in Norway. And that took you about two days? It's two days if you're if you're pushing for it, like right. 10 hours a day. Hamburg is about halfway, right. um, and it's, 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 it's not a pleasant drive to do in two days, put it that way. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And were you just stopping sort of at the side of the road? Because I know from when we've, we've stayed together in, in the van in Norway, mm. you normally use the app where you can find like safe parking spaces. Did you know about that at the time or did, were you just winging? Yeah, I, I knew about Park for Night then, uh, which is a super useful app. But um, because this wasn't really like a scenic trip, I just needed to get out there. I, I just stopped somewhere in Hamburg, um, 
like on the side of the road and slept in the back of the van and then pushed on again because I had work the, the day after actually. So I left it quite late because when I was building the van, I it took a lot longer than I thought I did. So I left on the Thursday morning, but Wednesday night I was still uh, machining pieces of wood for the inside. And you had work on the Monday morning. And then work on the Monday, yeah. <laughs> so had you... my, my, my new work that I'd never seen before. Yeah. Never seen in, a, a building, in a country never you'd never been class. to. In a country I'd never been to. It was, uh, it was pretty exciting, to be honest. And looking back at it, people react. I think I took it very casually at the time. Um, but the longer it goes and the more people I talk about it, the more of a, I suppose, radical thing it was to do so, um, so quickly. But it felt very good at the time. And uh, I'm a big believer in things getting better when you say yes so i thought it'd be worth it yeah, yeah. and so far so far so good you know in, indeed yeah i mean it's, it sounds it and obviously i've had the pleasure of coming out and seeing you and you came, yeah you came out real soon you 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 and grant were here in the start of november no, i think yeah, so november... i'd only been here i'd been here <coughs> three or four weeks i think yeah we we, we took the first opportunity we could mm. um so how did you find it first off moving to a country that the first language is not English, for one. No, no. Um, the the Scandinavians are, are predominantly quite stubborn, um, and set in their <laughs> own ways. Um, Good how, say that. <laughs> I'm saying it politely. How how uh, how did you hit, sort of hit the ground running? Talk talk me through um, your thought processes and what you did to make yourself feel comfortable, or at least make yourself feel at at home as much as you could. Well, what. What helped a lot was um, jumping into work straight away. I was I was super stoked to be working with Tesla, so I was working as much as I could, um, trying to swallow in all the new information as quickly as possible, and that gave me a really big focus. Because um, when I came out here to have a look at the the little apartment I was renting, somebody was living in it. It was full of stuff, so it was really nice and cozy. I thought this is great. And then when I'd driven here those those two days, and I got here to this like empty completely empty shell of a building i thought what the fuck have i done here <laughs> you know like you know i've got no money this very empty kind of cold apartment that is now mine i'm thousands of miles away from anyone who cares about me um so it was pretty hard to begin with and i thought you know i'll i'll drag my stuff in there i'll go to the store i'll buy a beer or something and just have a you know settle into a it. four pound beer um well a bit more than that exactly and also what i didn't realize about norway is there are very strict alcohol uh, purchasing laws okay so this was about 9 p.m on a sunday i walked down to the store first store is closed completely it's weird go to the next store go and buy uh take some beer and take it to the counter and they're like oh you can't buy the beer so what do you mean you can't buy the beer they said well you, you can't buy alcohol on sundays at all like at all and then in the week you can only buy alcohol up to 6 p.m. on the weekday or 4 p.m. on a Saturday, which was a bit of a disappointment as I was, he was really looking forward to it. What, um, what's, the, what's the reason behind that, do you know? Um, I don't know exactly. Uh, a lot of people I've asked kind of talk about that it's about controlling that it, uh, when you to kind of stop addiction and things like that. And if you have a craving for something, it's not always available, which which helps, I think. But Norwegians still get plenty drunk enough. I mean, I thought when I saw the price of alcohol and the the difficulty in buying it sometimes, um, I thought surely nobody will be drinking here, but plenty of people get plenty drunk. Yeah, the culture seems we, seems good. Uh, from what from what, at yeah, least what yeah. I see on your on your Instagram, the, the social aspect <laughs> that you've sort of beautifully blossomed into, 
has yeah. Uh, it, yeah it just looks looks incredible and obviously i've i've not been in that social circle with you when we went as mm. we'll talk about later the the, the trip we did but um mm. there does seem to be like a real natural sense of community with people yeah in in ways um when i when i started at tesla um tesla is a very international company so there was maybe i had a handful of norwegian colleagues but everybody else was from all over the world basically um, a lot of people from Eastern European, we had some Spanish people, there was a French guy, there's a group of Americans there. So it was a big mix. And what I found a lot of discussion with them is they, a lot of people really struggled to kind of settle into Norway. Um, and I never really had that trouble at all. But what I, what I think it was down to mostly was uh, Tinder, funny enough. Right. Um, it wasn't really something that I was into before. And uh, I was very focused on work when I got here. And then a couple of like British friends were like, oh, you know, what are the girls like in, in Norway? Because there's this perception of Scandinavian people being very beautiful. Um, but I actually ended up meeting a girl that I dated for quite a while when I, like very, when I very first moved there, first couple of weeks or so. Um, and she really helped kind of pull me into Norwegian culture. So by the end of October, I was going to Halloween parties and I'd met her friends and their circles of friends. And because a lot of the other guys that I knew at Tesla it seems Norwegians can be a little bit cold to begin with. Like yeah. they have kind of a, a circle around them and it's quite hard to get into that circle. You know, uh, once you're there, it's a, it's a very, it's a much stronger relationship and more genuine, but the initial connection that you might strike up maybe in England that you could just chat sat next to somebody on the bus that does not exist here. Um, and I was going to say, do you on. think that's because people value their own time enough and, and their personality where they just don't think, that not that people don't deserve it so to speak but you know they they, they value their time and, and and you've got to be worth something to, to give it to if that makes sense a little bit I think uh, Norwegians there is a lot of um, kind of self-respect and then respect to others there's a this is kind of cultural set of unwritten laws called Jomfaloven uh, and it's basically it talks about that I am my own man you are your own man who am I to impose myself on you? You know, okay. I have a problem, I fix it. You have a problem, you fix it. And it, it makes Norwegians sound like they're very mean and that's not true at all. Um, but it is definitely, um, uh, it can seem a little bit standoffish coming from British culture, at least. Um, yeah, that's... So it's... like talk at, at the store, for example, you know, you strike up a bit of a conversation with the cashier. That's very normal in England. In Norway here, if you say hi, you know, or like, you know, oh, look at it's snowing outside or something. They're like, why is this person yeah, talking to me? So... Like, leave me, leave me alone. Yeah, it's yeah. Norway, so, it's so what, why are you talking time. to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is, it's, it's strange, and like when we're not that far away when you think about it. Like when when I flew, when I flew into Stavanger, it was up and down. It's a forty-five minute flight. Oslo's a little yeah, bit yeah. longer, um, but the cultural difference that I that I saw when I was out there, it's it's i've experienced both of them first time i went out it was you know the airbnb host was incredibly warm and and, and mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. really nice but then when we went and you go into the petrol stations and you have a chat as you say with the cashier they're like why is this Don't person talking to me no i'm at yeah, work yeah, yeah. i'm doing my work i'm not here yeah, to socialize. You, you know i and i'm ser i'm serving you you're buying petrol i'll take your money pay for it there, there you go. go it's not like they're being rude it's just that kind of frivolous chat doesn't exist and then it almost sometimes makes you question why does it exist in england because you ask the cashier how are you at the cash stations you really 
are you really asking like how are you yeah. or are you just having the, these this you know chit chat that you know just a while away at the time and have you found obviously you know the initiative we started back in february now is is mental health and you know the, the topic around um talking openly a bit taboo in scandinavia yeah uh, definitely i mean um there are lots of reports about scandinavian countries being very happy countries and they are in general and there's a lot of reasons for that um but there is quite a high depression and suicide rate as well mm -hmm. uh a huge factor to that is obviously the the darkness in the winters it's not so bad here in oslo but as you head north more north of the country um you go very long periods without really much daylight or even any daylight kind of Tromsø and the areas that are that north will go a very long period of time in this kind of polar night or polar day sorry where you have you have no daylight at all um and i think this this affects people when i was in svalbard um this this earlier year there were actually signs in the grocery store kind of trying to bring awareness to you know this kind of seasonal depression that comes because there you are you are so north you are maybe three months with no proper daylight really mm. um, and that can have a big effect on people so at least that there are you know they're at least trying to gauge some sort of interest and, and highlight that it is an issue but you know when mm. you said that you know i'm my own man i fix my own problems you're your own man you fix your problems that made me think you know I wonder if people do talk about it openly. Um, it's quite an obvious thing to, to happen up, up in the north um, because of obviously mm. the, the, the lack of daylight. Um, but yeah, it, it just it just interests me. I've never spoken to anyone, that, or a Norwegian national at least anyway. Um, and in, in the Facebook group, we have a variety of different nationalities and, and where people mm. live. And you you see a lot of cultures and regions in the world that just don't really identify with it um yeah. and as you as you said you know the scandinavians they've always come across as like the happiest places of the world and things and and mm. you know it's just not the case all year round um no def uh, de definitely not but uh one thing that i i haven't had any experience of um like any kind of psychological assistance and being in uh, in the healthcare system in Norway, but the healthcare system in general is is pretty fantastic. Uh, um, it's not totally dissimilar from the NHS in terms of the way it runs, but you do pay you do pay money for it. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, say you go and visit your GP, you will pay maybe about thirty five pounds or something like this for this visit, mm -hmm. um, which isn't. It's not a huge amount of money, particularly it's difficult to compare financially specifically to the UK because the GDP here is so much higher. Mm -hmm. So £35 here is worth less than it is in England. Um, but because of this, the, the healthcare system has a lot more money behind it. Um, so things like psychiatric help, for example, is available. If you call up on Monday, they will see you on Wednesday or something like oh, this. Wow. You know? Whereas I know in the UK, it's not it's not like that at all. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, there's a lot of great, um, sort of non-for-profit non charities that try and help with the, mm. the lack. I mean, obviously, as you'd have seen, we've got the free support systems on our website where people mm -hmm. can, can go on to uh, puac.co.uk and click on the free support systems tab and it will have a drop down of, of a variety of different organisations that predominantly, mm. you know, it's all free. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just to take a little bit of the stress off 
the NHS. Um, yeah. The NHS do an amazing job as it as it is, but especially you know day what day one or two, we day two now of lockdown. I think we're day two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to start ramping up again, and and there's, there's, you're going to need a, a lot of a lot of help. Um, it, you're right. It's mm-hmm. about uh, it's about five to six months, I believe, is the wait. Um, yeah, yeah. To, to from a, from a, when you go and have the GP conversation, and then you get to sit down after the assessment and everything it's it's a, it's about six months sometimes that could be too late um and i think by the sounds of it the norwegian government and the healthcare system understand that but they have a to be fair they have a much easier battle as well to be fair you know we're looking at about 60 million people in the uk and about five and a half million here in norway so the population of greater london is is nine million people mm. for example and in the whole of norway it's like five and a half million people. So the, the demand on these kind of services is way less. Also, the Norwegian government have the the largest kind of regulated fund in the world um, due to their success in oil. So it's it's something around, I haven't looked at it recently, but it's, it's the, about nine trillion dollars. I think it's, the, it's called the Sovereign Wealth Fund. And it's, it's the fun, Sovereign Wealth Fund. It's That's funded exactly by it uh, a company that was called Statoil and is now yeah, rebranded yeah. Um, to Equinor. Um, yeah. So they're trying to look a little, little better with the whole sustainability. Um, as you know, the Scandinavian countries have been leading the way in, in renewables. Um, so they, they dropped the, the oil with the stat oil and they've, they've rebranded as Equinor. But it's good that, you know, they're, they're taking all those natural resources, you know, profits from that and reinvesting it into sustainability, renewables, and then obviously it's people. Um, mm. but this is this is something I wanted to lead on to so I know you said that you, you, you've you been north so I wanted to sort of try and dip into your sort of previous travel history before mm-hmm. um, had you always been pretty adventurous uh, before moving um, to Norway? Not not really when I when I was younger uh, traveling and kind of seeing other places didn't really interest me so much I guess um, but uh, I met someone who definitely kind of changed my life in that in the desire to kind of see places you know uh, she had a big desire to want to see a lot of Europe mm-hmm. um and that wasn't something that really interested me at the time but I'm not sure when we go along and uh we uh we backpacked for about a month and a half um through a bunch of European countries which was really nice and totally opened my eyes to my desire to kind of see other things we did that again a year after as well um and that started a big uh a big desire bug. to travel for me yeah exactly and shows that about, about how much how much is out there away from your hometown i mean you you life is about kind of relativity and comparison in a lot of places and if you never leave your hometown you you know you think is this really good is it really bad is this how all people are or and you have nothing to you have nothing to compare it to uh whereas traveling even you know, you don't, it's not like you even have to go far. You know, I, we used to go on uh, road trips to like France and the Netherlands uh, with cars when we were younger to go to car shows. And then there you are, you know, the channel, the channel tunnel is 35 miles or something like this. And suddenly it's a completely different world. Um, and that only becomes more intense the, the kind of further you go away. Um, so that really made a big, a big difference for me. Also, I, four years ago, um, about this kind of time of year, I went on a, a trip with my my best friend Tom Thomas Williams, and uh, we basically had this desire to go to Iceland because it looked pretty cool. And we saw that they sold these kind of little vans, cutesy romantic couple vans for the summer, um, van life and all that kind of stuff. But we saw they were very cheap, 
off season so like end of october november they were pretty cheap um so we thought fuck it and we rented one of these i think it was i think it was 900 pound for like 10 days or 12 oh, wow, days or something really good value um for then to have a vehicle as well so we flew into Reykjavik, spent one night there and then spent two weeks or so um basically driving around the perimeter of iceland on on road one the like ring road if you like mm-hmm. which is about 1700 kilometers i think of um a road that goes completely around the the kind of coast of island of iceland and this really kind of kind of stirred something in me and started the whole kind of van travel thing it, it was something i quite fancied to doing and i thought i'll go to iceland and i'll, I'll get it out of my system and kind of see that it's a bit shit or it's not very good or something and, and move on but it really uh it it ignited the fire much more than mm. i was planning to actually and changed uh change a lot of my perspective on on traveling um definitely do you think that 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 initial experience of iceland helped sway you into signing the the contract and moving out to, to norway with tesla uh maybe subconsciously because it was it was something that we we decided to do we didn't we kind of spoke about it a little bit and then bef- before we knew it we were we were on our way to go for it um, right, okay. so it, it, it wasn't super spontaneous but it also wasn't like a year in planning either um so and as i've got older i seem to have become more and more spontaneous with the decisions for making these kind of uh travels um a good example there's um there's a guy called dan dan andrews that um, i'm good friends with again through through cars originally um he we, we decided we wanted to we'd never met each other before we'd, we'd spoke on instagram quite a lot but that was about it um and he called me one night and said hey we're thinking of going to ukraine uh we're gonna go see chernobyl do you want to come wow and i was like uh, i don't think i can afford it he was like i'll pay or you can fix the money later we're gonna book tickets tonight and i'm like okay cool and i I'd, I'd never met him and the other two lads we went with um, I actually met them in uh, Kiev airport uh, when I landed. <laughs> so you didn't even the day, get the same they got plane, there like the day before me. <laughs> no, no, no. Because they they flew from Manchester and I flew from from Oslo. Um, so met them in Kiev. I had a great time, and then subsequently, then two of the lads, Dan and Will, came back to uh, came back to Oslo as well, and we had a bit of a van experience. Uh, that sounds quite romantic. It wasn't that romantic. <laughs> um, three of us in that van, uh, and they flew out again. And um, I have a relationship with him, not kind of dissimilar to you i don't see him that often but whenever we talk it's like we're we're best mates you know and yeah. this just came off some random guy that i met on social media you know so uh, that, that moves perfectly to another topic i wanted to sort of get into mm. is, is is social media in general and this we could we could be here for hours talking about this do you get a lot of people messaging you because you post some really cool content um and mm, I don't know you, about that. I you, post a lot of content. You post a lot of content. Really cool or not? No, no. I, well, I tell you, I, I'm a friend of yours. I tell you if it was shit or not, and it, <laughs> it's 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 good. And I, I think, you know, I I was trying to push you to make more of the YouTube videos when you were going north, um, mm. and they were they were just great just to have that sort of behind the scenes. But do you do you mm. find yourself like your your inbox filling up every now and then, depending on what you're posting and, and where mm. you're posting? It's interesting, really. Like, uh, I have a bunch of followers or people that follow me, and the majority of it came from the old BMW E30 Absolutely, I had. Yeah. Um, that got a lot of the attention on social media and stuff. Um, I feel like such an old person when I say social media on social media. 
on Instagram, it got a lot of attention and stuff. Um, and that got me a little bit of a following. And it's all relative, you know, like you know, there are people with hundreds of thousands of followers and I have nothing in comparison to that. But, you know, my landlord has 15 followers. So it's yeah. it's, it's all relative. Um, but it's enough that uh, it gets it gets a fair amount of attention and I get a good mix of messages pretty often, um, to be honest. And lots of my friends at work and things think it's funny how how often I get messages of people or how busy the inbox is in the day. But I think a lot of that is because I, I try and reply a lot. I know I've messaged accounts that aren't even so big and they, you don't get a reply. And I think that's a bit sucky to take the time to message someone and not get a reply. Um, but also it's not everybody's, it's not your life to pour into social media. So I, I try and reply when I can. Um, what is interesting, I, I get a lot of, uh, I got a lot of male attention. Um, and I don't know if that's because I project a certain kind of openness maybe, or right. I'm, I'm not so sure, but I, I have, I have a good amount of people who, who I talk to on a close to daily, or if not every couple oh, really? of day basis. And I've never met these people and they, they know me very well and I know them and they send me stuff or we talk about stuff or we share stuff. And, um, and I have no idea who these people are, you know, in, outside of what of what's being shared on Instagram. Um, if ever I post anything that seems a little bit like solemn or something, I I pretty consistently get quite a large response of people saying positive things and which which, which is nice to have to have that. Um, I've reached out where I've been stuck in places before and I'm like, hey, does anybody does anybody live in Manchester, I could do with someone to stay tonight, and I would I will get a whole bunch of messages. Hey, my sister, my friend lives here. Come stay here. Come stay with us. I have people from in far corners of small places saying, "Hey, like if you're ever in you know Estonia, come and see me and have a beer, and we'll do something cool." And that's um that's really nice because these people don't know me from Adam, yeah. Other than me posting videos of the cat on Instagram and stuff like this, um. Because it does, it does seem like I post a lot, and particularly on like stories and stuff. I, I, a lot of people think I share everything, and there is a careful distinction of that, though. Like, um, I do only the good stuff goes on Instagram, yeah. mostly. I think um, that's what people need to remember with a lot of people. For sure, for, yeah, for sure. And you know, you're you're showing your best bits, and even if it seems like uh, I'm sharing a lot, it's still not everything. It's still a curated mix of what I'm showing. Um, so it doesn't mean that you know it's all peaches and cream and. Uh, particularly sometimes depending on the stuff I show, it seems like everything is super nice and super great all the time. And obviously, obviously it's not, it's not for anybody. Mm. Um, but I think that's quite an important distinction to to make. Yeah. Cause I, we, I know we've, I mean, I personally every now and then, you know, reached out to you or, you know, you've reached out to me with, with sort of a wide variety of topics um, mm. brought on by social media. And it, it's interesting with how, as you've just spoken about this can be so influential and constructive and you can use it for like the best things create relationships with people that you've never met before but you know you have certain sort of um consistencies in in each other's personalities Mm. and and it just clicks and um i just think it's really it's tough because instagram is only what you want the world to see um same with any social media um and it's it's tough for a lot of people because if they sit they would see for example yourself 
exploring Norway and doing all these amazing things, but they don't see, one, the work that goes on behind the closed doors, two, the, the down bits when you're sitting on your Todd, stoking a fire, drinking a glass of mm. red, going, you know, what am I doing? And then, mm. and then obviously like the family aspect as well. Like you're a, you were a young guy and went, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from family and loved ones to a, to a land you knew no one and didn't even speak the language. And I don't think mm. you still speak. You speak a bit of Norwegian, right? I <laughs> my colleagues, my colleagues will laugh at this. I don't really speak uh, so much Norwegian. I understand like a lot more than I I did when I first got yeah. here, and I'm understanding more every day. But uh, outside of ordering a beer or at the at the grocery store or something, like we couldn't be doing this in Norwegian. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's important to sort of try and break down the how social media can be constructive and and be great. Um, as you said, mm. um, and well, it's get it's get it's getting a lot of bad press at the moment, um, particularly with like the the social dilemma on, on Netflix and things like this, and people are you know telling people to deactivate their social media accounts and this kind of stuff. And mm. but the way uh, the way I look at it, it's it's like it's like with anything that you that you consume. You know, if you if you chocolate cake is super nice, but if you eat a slice of chocolate cake every single day, it will ruin you. And social media again is something you consume, and if you consume it in the right way, it can it can be great. Um, but it's about having that that control or kind of teaching teaching people from when they're young about how social media works and the the good things and the bad things about it, so it can be consumed kind of responsibly, and you can get the good stuff out of it that that it does have to give. I mean. I have a lot of a lot of experiences in my life that stem down completely from Instagram specifically is, is the big thing that I use. Um, I'm not really on Twitter or these things. And I have these incredible, like incredible experiences that have come from meeting people through social media. And for me, it's been wholly positive pretty much, mm. but I think it, it is a lot. It's um, it has a lot of feedback to it. So it's a lot of what you put in is what you get out. And when you, when you're looking at things, if you're in a bit of a, say you're in a bit of a negative spiral or something and you're, you're looking at bad things, you're looking at ex-girlfriends or partners and kind of focusing on these kind of things, then it will keep coming back. And then it's kind of hard to get, to get out of that. Um, so it does need a bit of self-control to kind of regulate that. And then, you know, but you have apps like um, where you can regulate your screen time and things like this, okay. this can be really useful sometimes to, to like pull you out of something if you're because it, it, it's it's so easy everything is so accessible and it, if you're in a if you're in a miserable bad place you know it's very easy to pull out your phone and then look look how fucking happy everybody else is look how happy my ex-girlfriend is look how happy my mates are in the other country doing they've got you know having a nicer time enjoying themselves all these better situations it's very easy to then look at that and kind of compare against it so mm. you have to remind yourself that you only show your best bits on instagram and they're doing the exact same as well. Mm. Do you do you find a lot of it's it's tough with that because you get I don't like using the word but you get a lot of negative a lot of jealous people. Um, yeah, for have sure. You, have you have you found that? Obviously, you I know you try and keep in touch with as many people as you can from home um, yeah. and friends and family. But do you? Do you receive any any negativity when it when it comes to it, or is, or is your experience what you receive from social media is pretty positive. Uh, mostly, it's pretty positive. There was an app that went around a couple of years ago where you could leave anonymous questions for people. It was called like Curious Cats. 
no, it was like Sahara Har or Sarahar right, okay. or something like this. Um, and I got I got a lot of nasty stuff on that. To be fair, some really some really nasty stuff. Um, really. And a, and a, yeah, yeah, some really nasty stuff actually. But then a lot of nice stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's anonymous, so it's it's much easier to to say something nasty if you've not got a face behind it. I occasionally get nasty messages from like uh, fake accounts and like a not like, like not burners. anonymous accounts, but like yeah, like yeah. burners and throwaway accounts and stuff. But to be honest, it's pretty it's pretty rare. Um, and the majority of feedback and things that I get is 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 super positive, mm. which is uh which is nice. And you know, if it, if you don't want to see videos of the cat, then don't follow me don't you know, follow. yeah it's, it's very a, it's very easy you choose you yeah. can choose what you look at you know like it's, it's it's really hard so i i take regular break breaks off of social media i put my phone on mm. flight mode if i don't need it for work because it's it can be a bit of a distraction and it's a rabbit hole oh yeah massively. and, and, it, yeah, and it as is. you say it's, it's how you, it's how you consume it um mm. and it takes it's gonna take forever to work it out you know you're yeah. not going to find the right answer any ever really because if your circumstances are going to change and the way you think is going to change there is never going to be a right answer it's always going to it's always going to be different um Mm. and i think that's really important you know for people to it's a general life skill is like there's not one set way to do one thing you know just because your friend doesn't have social media doesn't mean you can't have it and vice versa Mm. you know it's different things work for different people and depending on your kind of personality you have and what you can what you can deal with that I, I myself have quite an addictive personality so i need right. to be quite uh like strict with myself when i'm if i'm if i find myself using using socials in a in a negative way or i'm something like this you know i need to i need to see see the things the early signs that i'm that i'm doing it bad i'm doing it badly i'm doing it negatively mm-hmm. and then stop or change or do something to come uh, come away from that again and how have you identified because this is this is a big, you know, pull up a chair it was originally started as a as a preventative, you know, mm. organization. We don't want to be reactive, you know. It's, mm. it's hard to really explain what it is, but we don't want to treat depression. We don't want to treat anxiety. We want to. It's yeah. It's, it's, the stop, root it's cause stopping of it. it from it ever gets to that, ever gets to that point. Yeah. Mm. So how how have you found yourself? You know, what what sort of techniques do you do you use to sort of reel yourself in? Because it's so easy to to just get stuck in this negative thought circle. For sure, for and sure. Just it, and run away with it, mm-hmm. definitely. And it gets worse and worse and then uh, it kind of it becomes exponentially worse as you kind of focus into it and it's hard to kind of to kind of come away from it. Um so in terms of kind of you know using social media as an ex- as an example, um I used to be very bad with it and getting hung up on uh previous things. I can find myself being quite um what's the word? Uh, retrospective fairly often and nostalgic in a bit of a negative way okay. and I will get quite uh, kind of existential and nihilistic looking back at say maybe when you've had this event in your life and you were super happy and maybe you'll never be that happy again yeah. or you know that you're you're the sum of experiences at some point you're going to go this is getting better and better and better and then you're going to go over and it's going to start getting getting worse and the experiences you're having are just copies of the real thing that you had when you were 21 or 18 or whatever. And now you're just kind of repeating it. Um, but it's, it's not a, it's not a, like an up path, you know, it's not a constant one way kind of road to happiness or success yeah. or whatever. It, it changed, it changes a lot. And it's, um, it's important to, or I think it's important to remind yourself 
of that pretty pretty often you know that it's not there are there are good days and there are bad days mm-hmm. and it's uh it's not an an easy path happiness isn't like a isn't like a goal it's not like a destination um it's a journey it's a it's a yeah it's a it's a, it's a journey and it's a state and, and it's um it it changes you know and then it, it's it's reactive yeah and i i think it's it's, it's really important to remember that and it, we talk a lot about gratitude in life in general and you know think, mm. oh, it could always be worse but you i've started doing it recently and you know just sit every morning every morning three things you're grateful for just puts yeah, things yeah, into I, perspective I, I have a gratitude journal yeah exactly yeah. and i uh there's a there's a there's a youtuber i like quite like called kurt kazard and they make a lot of fantastic videos and they um they produce this this gratitude journal and you don't need to buy a gratitude journal you know you can just write it down or yeah. type it or send a text to yourself or something mm. but the, the book is nice and it the the physical act of it's a pleasantly made thing and i like touching it and writing in it is it's nice the process it's high quality yeah it's, it's the process of sitting down and writing it and even if you know the whatever you're writing doesn't matter so much but it it does really help to if you've had like a, if you've had a dog shit day to kind of sit down and think well you can look at it from a very wild perspective and say well i'm i don't i have both my legs you know some people don't and i have so even if you had a really bad day at work both your legs are there and they're still working and it's okay and it doesn't have to be that kind of dramatic though you know it can be super small things and i like to write things i'm grateful for things that things that make me happy things that make me feel good about myself or others so even if it's you know you saw a nice cat on the way to work this morning don't overlook these um these small gifts that life give you all the time it's it's important to appreciate and pay attention to the things that are around you because a lot of people will miss be very blindsided to all these kind of things and there's that scene in the movie american beauty where the kid is looking at the plastic bag caught in the wind and you know that that's quite one quite far down the scale of appreciating the beauty of things you know i'm not saying you need to be staring at trash in the wind but there is a lot of things that people miss i think that that are super nice yeah. like at the moment it's miserable and cold and dark outside but because the days are so short there are these fantastically intense sunsets as I long saw. as the sky is clear and the sunsets are pretty yeah it's a pretty uh it's a pretty go-to nice thing but i think people still look Take past it, it and it happens yeah, yeah exactly you know it's, 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 these things are, are taken for granted. And I know you said of the American beauty that, uh, you know, the, the rubbish in the wind, Ferris Bueller, mm. life moves pretty mm. fast. If you don't stop and look yeah, around yeah. once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah, it's exactly. like, that's literally the, the thing. And I think, I think maybe as, as I get older and as, as we get older, we start appreciating just different things differently. You know, when we're yeah, young, yeah. it's 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 full speed ahead, or you're so caught up in what we want. And yeah. I know that 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 will lead us onto a question. I think you got through your Instagram when we said we were we were doing the podcast. It would be how yeah. to be happy with what you have and stop looking at what you want. And and that yeah. that that basis around gratitude is is just so prominent in in that question. Um, yeah. But it's a balance, as you say. It's it's about having desires and aspirations for becoming a better mm-hmm. person if it's if it's materialistic financial physical health you know you're allowed to aspire to things just mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't take you away from the present and i think yeah, that, and I, that's 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 big that it is big and it's and it's something i uh, it's something i struggle with a lot um oh, really? in terms of of not not 
you know, that you're too busy looking at the the next thing and what you want and you're not kind of appreciating what you have now. And I, people say about not comparing yourself to, not comparing yourself to others. And it, it's not that I'm comparing myself to others. It's I'm comparing myself to, to myself, you know, like oh, I, really? so you're really self, I feel like self-critical. I'm massively, massively, okay. um, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm capable of more and I'm constantly kind of resetting kind of goals and desires and stuff. Um, so it's important to, to remind yourself about what's, what's good about now, you know, and um, it is, and it is good. I feel that it is important to have kind of not pressure necessarily, but to be looking you hold in yourself a forward direction. Right? You, you know, yeah, yeah, without that, being too hard on yourself, you know what you're capable of. You believe it's, mm. it's, it's that horrible thing. There's so many words in the English language where it can be taken in a negative aspect. So I, I, mm. I often talk about the word selfish and it's mm. normally seen as, as being quite a negative word, but every now and then you've got to be selfish. You've got to look after number one. For sure. And, and, For that's, sure. and that's the same with, with confidence and self-belief. It could come across as arrogant. There's a fine mm. line in a lot of these things um, and it takes a while to learn. But you have to have yeah, self confidence. You have to you have to have self belief. Otherwise, you're gonna plateau and and not do what you want. Essentially, mm. it make it makes you a better person to be around as well. Like if um if you're whole and and complete in how you feel about yourself, you it's much easier to kind of then invest into into other relationships. If you're if you have something in your life that you're not you're not all right with, or there's there's a part like there's something missing in your life, or you're not kind of satisfied or happy or something. And you you try and put that onto a partner or a work colleague or, or someone else out there, um, it'll put strain on that relationship, mm-hmm. and because you're looking for something in them that you need to look for your in yourself, and you can't you can't make that kind of that kind of strength in your relationship or the problem that you can have in relationships is because you're looking for something in them that you don't that have in yourself. They're not there. That yeah, you don't have it. To, you mm-hmm. don't have it yourself. You know, you're trying to pull it out of them and really it's something that you need to be complete in your in yourself yeah. so the um, and to, to get there sometimes it requires periods of selfishness and inward reflection and and it can make you seem like a bit of a dick sometimes and if you're not going to reply to text messages for a bit or something or but say like hey i can't really deal with like i'm you know i'm dealing with something on myself or i'm trying to yeah you know, a, people nice say about spending yeah yeah people say about spending me time and you know i don't mean like in a bubble bath with a glass of wine but if if, if that's, that's your me you time yeah exactly um but i think it is important to be to make you know before you start looking about finding stuff in other people make sure that you've got it kind of settled in yourself yeah first and I, I think that's that's it's tough to know when when that point is because i think it's also a very very key in friendships and relationships and 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 especially in family life as well is is growing together you see things mm. and you understand things in a different light and For i sure. mean we've had funny conversations about politics and social economical <laughs> funness um yeah. that we don't agree on and and yeah. or we we talk about it and we we both learn we both take something from it and I think mm. I think you've really got to be open to grow as a, as a person. Yeah. You know, you're never complete. You're never done. There's always more you can learn. You can always be a better person. But on the same, you know, be appreciative of where you are and what you are, um, because it can be quite it can be quite addictive. 
it's, it's something that's not spoken about a lot but that that goal for perfection it, with its personality physicality any any shape or form of that perfection it's it's addictive and and it's a it could be quite detrimental because you lo- you can lose a mm. lot of of sight of where you you are now mm. so i know obviously as we said it was it's it's, it's a pretty addictive mindset um you mm-hmm. said you have a pretty addictive personality now how do you mm-hmm. how do you I personally have an incredibly addictive personality, you know, ex-smoker, ex-drinker, played rugby, obsessed with fitness at points and then just didn't give a crap about it uh, next. Mm -hmm. How do you hone that correctly to become a positive? Because we're all our own people, right? So how how do you use those little quirks to to your advantage in in the wide world? Well, the the addictive personality thing is uh, definitely something I've become... More, it's 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 been there for forever, more or less. But it's something I've become more aware of and trying to use to hone a little bit more than it being a, a negative thing. Um, because you, everybody has their own character traits and ways they treat and deal <laughs> things, and it's very difficult to to change these. And there always there's always a lot of pressure of changing them. And sometimes it's it's not something that maybe should be changed, but but more used in a in a positive way mm-hmm. or. A, kind of a beneficial way so I can be very kind of addictive and obsessive at times um, in various things in my life and I I have a habit of being very focused on on one thing or one goal or one specific something Um, and then I can be blindsided to things that should be more important in my life Um, which can be very bad obviously um, but can also be very good as well I if I have an idea or something that I want to do, then I, I, I kind of do it. Like I, I always try and I'm pretty, pretty successful with it as well, because there's this kind of obsession of, of doing this thing or going to that place or having or whatever um, that can be used as quite a strong drive to, to get you there. Um, when at times when it seems like it might not be possible, you think, well, I, I want it though. And I, hmm. if you, if it, if you weren't so obsessed with it, uh, then it wouldn't keep pushing you. Um, so I think it's in it's important to try and look at these things that might be seen as negative characteristics and see how you can kind of use them use them to your advantage. You know. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree with you. Um, something else I, I wanted to sort of pick at, so to speak, um, is you're doing this uh, this Norwegian journey. We'll we'll, talk, we'll say it pretty much mm. alone, like. Obviously, you have your friends at work and, you, and your colleagues. How how do you how do you personally find that? You know, in in your evenings, um, I know you you say you spend a fair amount of, of time on social media. Um, how 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 are you finding it personally? Because at, at the moment we're all in in lockdown, and it's yeah. I think it's a really important topic to to cover on 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 this episode of using your your own time correctly um mm. correctly to yourself not to the wider public you know you don't have to go for a run mm. don't have to do this you don't have to do anything but you have to listen to your wants and needs um yeah and i just wanted to sort of get you get your take on that and how how you've gone about it well it was something that uh i wasn't used to uh leaving england i had i had a pretty broad circle of friends and a, a smaller circle of like good friends that i would see very very often 
um i'd moved back in with my dad just before i a little while before i left for norway so i was surrounded by family members a lot of the time um and i went from pretty much everything to to nothing pretty pretty aggressively which was my own doing obviously um being at work helped obviously when i had the surrounding of extra people but still it's it's still there were very few british people here and that was something that was more of an effect than i thought it would be i didn't think i'd be so bothered um but there is a lot that I miss about kind of British people and British culture uh, that makes me think more back about my time in England than I, I thought. Um, is that when, when I you first find moved yourself there, I... becoming negatively nostalgic when you're stuck yeah, in that? Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't yeah, know this exactly about you. I, 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 I've never heard of anything being like that, you know. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's new to me. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's a it's a big um, it's a big problem I have actually. It's probably one of the the largest uh, uh, like kind of psychological or, or kind of mental problems that I that I think I have a lot is this kind of very heavy um, kind of bitter nostalgic like negative nostalgia, um, which is pretty hard. And there were there were lots of times here when I first moved here, and I'm sat in this little pretty small. I mean, we're talking like 45 square meters in here or something i'm totally by myself i didn't have like a flat share or anything i was totally by myself you know i, I knew the landlord and i knew a few people at work but um i didn't really know anybody so uh but leading up up, up to this point me, me moving away from norway moving to norway my life went through a couple of kind of turbulent changes which mm -hmm. uh definitely kind of helped me reset my outlook a little bit on how important it was to be to be all right in your own company and to be um to be comfortable with yourself you know that you don't have to constantly be with somebody else or a group of people or something that it's okay to be by yourself and do things by yourself travel by yourself and go to the movies by yourself yeah this is something that i i do a lot and i'm i'm a pretty social person i think i, I get along with most people pretty pretty easily um but very very much valued time by myself and it's something i used to really kind of not look forward to and would be pushing to get people to fill this kind of emptiness of being by myself through mm -hmm. not always healthy channels um to, tr to try to chase that uh that you know someone to fill the space um to then being aware that it's a it's not a problem necessarily but being aware that it's okay to be by yourself and then now it's it's not a problem at all and um people are very friendly here but there is still a bit of i am the the token foreigner or the token english guy yeah. and that causes a bit of segregation even if it's segregation that i put upon myself you know that i feel disconnected or a little bit separated um but nobody made me move here you know it was my own choice to move here and um that can soon be overcome by kind of thrusting yourself into stuff that helps a lot being open to new experiences and new people. Um, but it, it still comes down to this idea of being comfortable, comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a, I have a cat here at the moment that I'm looking after for a friend and the cat's great, but up until this point, I, you know, I've, I live by myself and mm. uh, spend good amounts of time um, by myself. You yourself and I, and and how do you yeah. how do you stay motivated for for being by yourself? I mean, I know we, we we spoke about how once you put your mind to something, you normally do it. And so mm -hmm. this this question is going to be a, a little def different. But I wanted you to sort of break down your thought process around being motivated in 
somewhere essentially that you don't see yourself being there for the long term or, or do you mm-hmm. sort of what what motivates you and, and and what pushes you towards the final goal that you have at the moment because obviously that you know it can change all the time it, it does change all the time and I tend not to have a very long scope mm-hmm. when it when it comes to looking looking forward into stuff you know people say oh, what's your five-year plan what's your 10-year plan I'm like I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow like and people look at this very negatively very often um and it leads to quite a high pace lifestyle um because things are constantly kind of chopping and changing and um it can lead to a a resistance to commit because the um, commitment can be a bit of a problem for me Mm -hmm. um relationships and and other and other areas of my life because i i don't like this feeling of being kind of tied into something in a committed sense um so when you said about like, oh, being in the country, you don't know if you're going to stay here. Norwegians love to ask like, oh, you know, you're going to live here, you're going to get married here, and, you know, die here and all this kind of stuff. And the thing is, I, I don't know. It, I'll take it very much as it as it comes. And I, to say, where do you see yourself in five years? I have no idea what I'm going to experience the next five years that might change my, change my direction. Um, I I look at things I did a year ago and feel very different kind of psychologically to how I did then and then a year before that and things are constantly changing. I think it slows down a little bit as you get older. I'm I'm getting a bit old now, I think, and things are slowing down a little bit. The, um, the moral standpoints that I have tend seem to be much more rooted now that when I was in my early 20s, they were kind of floating around a little bit and a lot of these are kind of locked in now and, and haven't changed for some years. Um, but it's still in terms of kind of motivation, it's, uh, it's, it's immediate challenges that I have and kind of immediate desires. Um, I suppose it's quite a hedonistic viewpoint to kind of be giving yourself what you want now. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's a tactic that will work for a long forever. Mm. Um, I mean, it can do, and, uh, I have met people who do live like that, um, but it, it's a, it's a very different, it's a different kind of view, you know, um, there are lots of, you know, the, you only live once is a very cliche, is a cliche thing. Um, but it, but it is, it is true. You know, I see a lot of people who will turn down opportunities or, um, things that they want because like, oh, well, you know, and they won't do it for different kind of reasons and stuff, but that, that rainy day might never come or mm. it could all end tomorrow. And, it's uh you know nothing is guaranteed tomorrow is never guaranteed um so that gives me the most motivation i think to to have these kind of small term goals that i like that i want to do that or i want to see that or i want to purchase that thing or go to that place or Mm. be that weight or whatever it is that that you're into um to not be so focused so far ahead because if you are too far ahead you are you kind of miss the you miss the nice stuff that's around here all the time so the I remember signing the lease to this place that I'm renting and it was three years. And I was like, three wow. years? I was like, three fucking years. That's a long time. Like I couldn't, but you know, I'm I'm two years and I'm still here. Um, lots of lots has changed in two years, but you know, I'm still here. Whereas some people are very comfortable signing up to 25 year mortgages very casually. Um but things change and and you can you can react to change all the time. Um, so it's not so much of a problem for me. Um, but motivation wise, I, I, I tend to be pretty focused on the the now or the, the quite immediate future. 
it's, it's, it's interesting you say you're, you're talking about your your mindset when when you were younger and more impulsive and, and certain things are sort of becoming more rooted now mm-hmm. if if you could give your 18 year old self advice mm-hmm. I, and i think if i asked you this question every day it would change yeah what would what would you tell yourself i mean i was i was a super different person to the kind of person I was when I was 18. Yeah. Um, I remember it pretty, pretty vividly because I was, I was going through a lot of, a lot of change in my life then um, in terms of the, the things I was being exposed to. And uh, advi- ad- advice, uh, advice wise though, um, exercise more would be a big one. I was, uh, I was not into sports as a kid at all. I used to hate it all through school used to bunk off PE lessons and hide in the library or go home or do other things. You know, I was definitely not a cool sporty kid when I was younger. Um, and your, your body is the best asset you'll ever have. And there's no, there's no greater um, humbling moment until you like break your first bone or you go through some kind of injury that, that grounds you and reminds you how physically delicate you are. So exercise is a, is a, is a big thing. I think, I mean, you know, I'm a little soft around the edges. I'm not going to win any like weightlifting competitions or fitness things, but, but movement is, is important. And I didn't do so much of it as a kid at all. Um, so that, that's pretty important. Uh, also, um, read more. Like I read quite a bit as a kid, but you can always read more. And, uh, it, as much as it pains me to say this, my, your parents are, are right, you know, and they have, They've seen this before. Um, and when they say that the other kids don't matter at school, it's, it's hard to see at the time yeah. that, you know, the kid who is wearing the, the Rockport shoes was what it was when I was a kid. Um, isn't It's not going to matter in 10 or 15 years what shoes he had on or who was with who and stuff. And it's very easy to say that now. Oh, of and course. at the time, it didn't, it didn't feel like that, you know? I, I, I th- it's really hard and I've just come to this assumption now is that yes it doesn't it, it's not going to matter in 10 years N- none of none of this is, is going to matter in 10 years but it it shapes what you will do in in 10 years and I think that's what's really important is it's that fine balance again of being in the present and being in the future it's mm. it's a case of okay certain preparations and how you see things and how you want to want to do things and yeah you're right you know that kid wearing the newest Nike trainers is not going to to make a blind bit of difference but your mindset right now seeing someone have something in your idea something better than you and you wanting to go and work harder for that Mm. i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either Uh, it's Mm. it's fun i listened to um quite a lot of like spiritual talkers and meditation and there's this uh this guy on youtube and instagram that i follow is sad guru have you ever ever looked at his stuff no and i I listened to something a couple of days ago and he said there's no such thing as a negative thought because the negative and a positive is essentially an opinion when it when you come to thoughts and everything can always be circulated into being positive and yeah. you know if 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 one negative is here it can be used as fuel to propel something that's positive it's like um mm-hmm. einstein 
theory of relativity. So every, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. And it, and it will help, you know, traject you into, into that, that positive path you need to be. It's, it's, it's a bloody tough one. But then life's tough. Trying to, trying to understand it all is just the hardest, the hardest thing to do. It's, it's hard. And you say about what you would tell your 18-year-old self. Well, the, the things I would tell myself are, are things that kind of my parents told me as a kid. But you you have to go through these these journeys yourself. You know, you don't believe fucking anybody. Some older guy comes and says, oh, yeah, you know, make sure you, you run around more and don't worry about the kid at school. You're going to think, fuck you. You don't know what my trials and tribulations are. And mm. you have to you have to make these these journeys, you know, your, yourself. And the the negative and the, the hardship can can definitely be positive and yeah, it's, it's it's shaping it depends how you look at it mm. it's definitely shaping and that, that's one thing I, I, I wanted to speak to you about because of i think talking about hardships and 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 more importantly nowadays it's the positive um as we said before it's really hard to to talk about the positives without coming across as being arrogant or as as becoming too full of yourself and then obviously, mm -hmm. if you talk negatively too much, you know, you seem like you're depressed and, and you know, something's wrong. So the conversation around, around talking, um, mm -hmm. you say you've got a, a pretty solid group of friends. Um, you get quite a lot of messages. I presume you would obviously get some, some quite heavy messages uh, from, yeah, from, for, from for, your followers. Sure. Um, as you know, you, you, Pretty, I know. I hate you. Hate to admit it. You're you're pretty influential. I would go so far as you are a travel uh, influencer. But but I like, w w cut the shit. You you are. A lot of people look up to you. A lot of people have followed your story for fucking years. And to be, to be fair, I, I do have some message of people that like, oh, you know, I followed you since you had that like black Carada. That was that was ten years ago. I had that car. And people are like, oh, you know, but I really like to see that you're. Oh, Norway's cool. I'd always had to go one day and stuff. And I was like, ten years. That's a that's a whole long time to you know mm. follow somebody. And uh, do you do you receive quite a a lot of the the heaviness in in messages where people are because so, I can imagine it makes you feel quite heavy because uh, there's always people as you say going, oh, this looks amazing. You must be having so much fun, and it and it puts a lot of pressure on on you as a person mm. because. You're, you know that they're going to be comparing their circumstances and their and their life essentially to, to what you show. Yeah, and I, you know, I remind people like what we said earlier about you know any of the good stuff. Good stuff is online, um, but also that it's 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 kind of it's it's up to you and it, it's down to you. I've had people who say, oh, "I'd love to move to Norway," and I'm like, "Well, move to Norway then." Mm -hmm. Like, it, or if oh, I'd love to, oh, go do it then. Go take your motorbike license or go do that thing that you wanted to do, you know, there's, there's no better time to do it. And I, I do get heavier messages of some people sometimes, and it's nice that they, that they feel comfortable sharing these kind of things with me. Um, it can be hard sometimes because it's, uh, it's some, somebody else's emotional weight yeah. onto you. And, and sometimes you have your own emotional weight to kind of deal with. And there's a reason that therapists and counselors are trained to, to pull this stuff up people. Um, but I wouldn't want anyone to think that they didn't have anybody to talk to. And sometimes it's easier to talk to some random dude on the internet who doesn't know you personally 
because it's easier to to unload stuff um because sometimes I, I think when people have problems sometimes they want they want a solution or sometimes they just want to they just want to talk yeah um so i think it's good to kind of analyze say you know do you want a solution or do you want to just tell me about it and i'll shut up and not tell you because because someone's if someone says to me, oh this is a problem you oh well, you can just do this it's not so easy to always just do that and no. people aren't always looking for a solution they just want to kind of air out the, their thoughts you know and i've had i've had quite a lot of messages from people who who talk about stuff like that um had one one quite touching message from a guy who wasn't doing so well with his uh his family and ended up moving away from his kids and had some problems with there and he said he would very often kind of look forward to the things that i post and the the stupid things that i get up to and he said it would give him this little kind of escape uh from when he wasn't having so good times and that was that was a really uh probably bittersweet right strange yeah it's it's a strange it's a strange message to receive that obviously when you put something online it's out there for everybody to see and you have no idea how it's affecting people how people like it um it seems wild to me that somebody would would get so much would get pleasure from or enjoyment out of watching the stupid things i do um but then i do it to other people as well and there are loads of people that i follow i'm interested in and that i that i look forward to their posts and enjoy kind of looking at them so if people are getting good stuff from it or good vibes from it, then then it, it's all good. Yeah. Now, obviously, the, the the basis around put up a chair is is to start those sort of conversations. Have you ever had any experience with counselling or um, know anyone that and that has? Um. Yeah. Like when when I was a little bit younger, okay. um, I went I went through a couple of therapy sessions, uh, based around the kind of uh addictive personality that uh -huh. i spoke about earlier um and i found them to be honest not not so helpful for yeah. me um it was a it was like a professional therapist through a an nhs type um uh refer referment mm -hmm. um but i i just didn't it didn't it didn't do it for me uh personally what, what i wanted from it wasn't there and i, I found it was too easy to um not man, not manipulate the um, it's really easy to the results it. or this mm. or, or the other set or the session and stuff but like i, I, I i'm not you. entirely sure why i was what i was expecting from it but it wasn't it wasn't what i wasn't was looking for so I, but so i went for a bit and i tried to invest in it uh psychologically but i i just couldn't i couldn't get behind it but then i know other people who have and it's been a massive mm. it's been a massive help for them a lot of the the struggles that I've had and then have kind of overcome psychologically psychologically because I've, I've been in some, in some super dark places growing up, particularly I had a lot of dark time at school. Um, and then also even in the last kind of five years or so, I've had some, I've had some kind of tough emotional points in my life. Um, but it's been stuff with that I've kind of dealt with internally and there's a lot of bad things to be said about that. I'm, I'm sure. And it's not that it's, it's bottling up, but talking about it for me, didn't, didn't help massively in the kind of channels that I had um, available to me at the time. Um, but for a lot of people, I think it makes a huge difference mm -hmm. talking about it. And I know lots of people who talk to me who we share these kind of things um, and it helps a lot 
just to have someone to, to, to listen to. Because sometimes that problem that's kind of bouncing around your head, when you kind of lay it out, you then yourself see the absurdity of it or that it's not that bad or, you know, just from vocalizing it and laying it all out, mm. you then go, oh, fucking hell, actually, it's not so bad. Thanks, I feel better. And the other person will go, I didn't do anything. But sometimes just being on the, the open at the other end of that um, can, can, can be a big help. Uh, but I think the the thing is to try multiple multiple approaches. Not everything works for everybody, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very tailored approach, and it's it's funny that you say mm. it was that you can manipulate it because you can. It's you can you can I'm trying not to to go into too much detail with it. But I was I was doing CBT maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I need to be motivated. I need mentorship. I need to I need to look up to something, and I kind of need to, you know, be pushed. I'm I'm used to being yeah, physically yeah, yeah. pushed, and I and I like being called out on my shit because I can uh, I can be quite convincing. Um, yeah. And I remember just uh, I think it was like my first session with this guy, and I just looked at him. I was like, "You're not it." This was this 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 was exactly the same for the, the therapist in, mm. in my position. It just wasn't didn't get on with them super well, and I just kind of felt that this is not this is not going to do it for me but i think when you have that kind of situation it, it's okay you know yes. it's not a one size fits yeah. all and to then come away from it and go i can try something else and go again because the good thing as the as the kind of stigma behind it is backing off there are more and more channels opening up for you to for you once to you're try in you're in because yeah exactly uh, it's, that's 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 the, the the big thing is and you have to really just keep keep trying keep keep working at it or, or, or you know, as yourself, if if it's not working, just go go inward a bit, bit of inner reflection, and and try and try and break it down your own way. As mm. as we've been saying this whole time, there's not a one size fits all situation at yeah. all. It's uh, and it's really quite complex. Um, you know, you might need to talk to someone, but the person that you can talk to isn't that right person, or you know, mm. you don't want to talk to to to, to people. But then you also don't want it sitting in in your head, bouncing around all the time. And there is just no, me personally, there's no right answer with any different topic. Mm. You know, sometimes I want to talk about it, sometimes I don't want to talk about it. And it can be the same topic, but just on different days, yeah, and different yeah. mindsets. Um, and what, I, and what I think, quite a what quite a good thing I, I I use quite a lot is I I made a list of kind of uh op- like I made a list of options mm-hmm. that if I wanted to if I wanted to to reach out. I made a list of options and then if I didn't want to reach out I made another list of options and these were things that I could then see if I was in a bad mood or I was dealing with something I would say do I want to do I want to share this with someone else do I want to reach out and kind of do and then I would look at the options that I had or if I want to process this internally I would have another list of options um but you've just and it, it's nice to have those options to pull on to to kind of see yes I'm gonna go for a walk or go for a run or sit and play a musical instrument or something, or but you've just got to keep check on them that they don't become unhealthy mechanisms. Yeah. Um, and when you have a bit of an addictive personality, that going for a run or or going for a walk or doing something like this can can slip into more addictive stuff. Um, so you've just got to keep keep check on that. You know that if you feel if you don't feel better 
after your like go-to thing then it, it's not a thing you know it's yeah. not something that's working you know if you go out and drink a fuckload wake up and feel like shit it, it's not a good mechanism you know whereas usually if you go and do some exercise or go do something else or, or whatever it is that, that that you like to do um and you tend to feel better afterwards so that is a mechanism you can grab whereas other things aren't yeah I, I, and you know it's, it's, it's trial and error you know you're, yeah you're it not, is trial and error you're not going to sure. know if i mean 100% of the time you're going to wake up in the morning feeling like crap if you're going to drown your sorrows no one's yeah. going to ever feel better about that and even if you do it's not going to last long you'll end up no. feeling worse in in other areas of, of your life and you know you, you start losing your shit really um mm. and and that's that's quite an important important topic because i think we seek comfort when it goes pear-shaped and mm. and the consistency of or, or should i say the the productivity of of that comfort is is quite heavy and especially at the moment you know everyone's going into lockdown and that you know people are a bit all over the place like, oh, I've, got, I've got to do this or i've got to do that it's mm. it's quite it's quite i think sometimes it's quite unfair and a lot of people are going to be putting themselves through a lot of crap to say, I've got to do this, or I've got it, to do that. It, it's, it's a hard time. Yeah, and I, I just think it's it's going to be tough the next couple of weeks and however long the sort of the COVID situation goes on for. Um, but I think it's really important to... There's such a hype around being so productive and so in tune all the time and, and so you know do this do that positive let's make everything better and it's like no like every mm. now and then just just sit and chill out for a little bit mm. and so and soak it all up it brings it back around to the gratitude thing um yeah but i really i really do like the fact that you wrote down your options and you have it as a physical and you can look at it and it's almost like you know those little graphs you used to do at school where it's like mm, yes mm. no no and then you've got yes, the other yeah options. yeah yeah to, yeah yeah so it's kind of work through it yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, to see what what works for you it's that's 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 really really cool okay perfect well Stephen, yeah. it's been just over an hour um is there mm -hmm. anything else you want to you want to tell us or get out uh no not not particularly but um i'm very appreciative of the the initiative you've you've started i think uh there is a lot of stigma around um, men's mental health, which is changing, which is really good. Um, but it's maybe not changing uh, changing fast enough. Mm. And it's still very common to see this kind of toxic masculinity that's that's floating around. And um, uh, it, it's a it's a good thing that you're doing for sure. And if anybody ever feels like they they want to talk about something or talk about anything um it's always i answer all of my dms always on instagram always well, pretty much always there you go. unless unless, unless yeah. they're not very nice yeah. yeah and then maybe i don't answer so quick yeah well there's no point fighting negativity with negativity is it you just you just remove yeah, yeah. it so yeah steven's instagram is yeah. at steven foxall um i'll have all links in descriptions and then obviously adventure defender to go and see the cool stuff um have any... if you're into if you're into land rovers yeah that's, that's the one if you're into land rovers it's uh it's, it's bloody good i'll give you that Stephen. thank you so much <laughs> for your time i really appreciate it um hope everyone has enjoyed it um remember www.puac.co.uk have a little browse around uh you can click on the be part of something 
button on the website and that will take you over to our Facebook group where you can pull up a chair and join the conversation. Thank you very much, everyone.